You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. It is Thursday, and as this is the case every Thursday here on the Locked On NFL Podcast, the flagship of the Locked On Network, I talk with my old friend Mike Sando. Mike, how are you? I am doing well. Happy New Year to you, Matt. Happy New Year to you. I'm going to dig right into it. It's playoff week. Enough of the chit-chat. You have two articles. I think you write these every every year, correct? I do, yeah. Okay, I thought so. The first one is you rank the open head coaching jobs. And in this case, it goes from one to eight. And then later in the show, you rank all the playoff teams in certain categories. And we'll get to that in a minute. But let's talk coaching vacancies. And on Tuesday, I talked to you guys about brief thoughts myself, but I'd rather bounce them off Michael here. So you have a tie at the top. Can you explain that, please? Because I sort of disagree. Yeah. yeah, so what I did was, well, people do disagree with it. That's why yeah. there's, a, there's a divide at the top. Basically, I talked to four people in the league, you know, a couple executives, a, a guy who's more in the coaching realm. Uh, you know, one of them was, in, the, I think, more of a salary cap. Uh, you know, there's somebody in there who's you know, been a general manager before, those types of guys. So they were split. Um, a couple of them were pretty strong. They thought Green Bay was the best opening. A couple of them were pretty strong and thought Cleveland was the best opening. I don't think that there was another one that got a number one vote, but those two were near the top for, you know, somewhat similar reasons and that people want to be with those quarterbacks. Um, but they also felt differently about the rest of the package that you're inheriting, you know, yeah, in right. those two places. So were those two places in you know, in your number one, or do you see someone else totally out of left field? No, I would rank my top three as Browns, Jets, Packers in that order. And here's where I kind of want to talk to you about a little bit. And Rogers factor is massive to me. I mean, it's massive. But I also think if you took Rogers out of the equation, which I know you don't, but he's not going to be there forever, it would be pretty low on my list. And here's why, <laughs> here's why. Yeah. and I don't mean to, I don't really know exactly how that organization's structured, but it sure sounds like Mark Murphy's in charge of everything, someone's going to be in charge of cap stuff, and whoever gets this job's just going to coach the team. And I can see some issues there. I also think that if I'm a young man that grew up in Florida or Texas, I don't want to move to Green Bay. I don't care about... Favre and Lombardi, and it's freaking cold there. <laughs> yeah, but we don't want you there if you don't value the absolute. I mean, this is this is a cathedral for football. I mean, any if, I you, don't, if you. you don't think it's cool enough to go there and put on a jacket, then you're not our guy anyway, right? I mean, this is I see what you're saying. Want to coach degree? We're talking Vince Lombardi, you know, Brett Favre, Bart Starr, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you come be part of us, and you are the one with goosebumps, not us. I understand that, and Cleveland and New York aren't exactly resort towns. I mean, so that doesn't exactly help my cause. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think in, in Green Bay you probably have pretty good job security. I mean, I think that's one of the factors here. How patient is my owner? Does that factor in for you? Well, yeah, I don't know how patient they're going to be. What's our precedent? Know. Right. You know, I mean, right. Mark Murphy couldn't wait to the end of the season to get rid of uh, Mike McCarthy, who'd only won a Super Bowl and had a nice run. So I'm not saying that as a shot at Mark Murphy because we don't know. I mean, but the structure is a little different. Um, are they going to be patient? What if you? I mean, were they? Let me put it this way: when 
when Mike Holmgren left Green Bay, um, Ray Rose got one year. I mean, he went eight and eight, and they were like, this isn't it. It's not working. We're not back yet, and he's out of there. They bring in Mike Sherman, and he has a really high winning percentage run for about five years, and then he's out of there. They go McCarthy a long time. So sometimes the power vacuum job, after a guy has had a nice run, um, you know, heck, I was, you go with Holmgren again. After Holmgren was in Seattle, Jim Mora got one year. You know, after Don Shula was in, or after after uh, Vince Lombardi, you know, you had Bankston for a very short amount of time. So I don't know what it's like for the next guy. I think expectations are high. You know, if you don't make the playoffs next year, um, I think you could be on the hot seat. Yeah. This is, they're, they're not saying, hey, look, you got five years to rebuild the team. They're looking at their watch going, Aaron Rodgers might have less than five years left, so win a Super Bowl. Yes, yeah, I, I don't know that that's a great situation. I mean, yeah. Here, here's two questions for you. First one, if you were the head coach, and it doesn't matter about anything else, and I, I ask you, you can have, you know, you're, you're taking over a new team. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or Baker Mayfield? Well, it depends if we're talking about for the rest of their careers. If it's if it's for the next three years, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers every day. Yes. I just, I just you know, now... I would be intrigued by the Cleveland job. I'd ha- really have to get the, the ownership concerns, you know, put put to rest. But I just think you have a chance to go there and be a hero. And if you just win a playoff game, you're, you're borderline legend, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for where they're at. And it just feels like a great opportunity. Whereas I, I feel like with Green Bay, you are they've already been to the mountaintop so many times that you almost can't get on Mount Rushmore there. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, that was something I was actually going to bring up too. Is What's a, what's considered a success if I take the Packers job? You know, nine and seven yeah. next year, ten and six next year, second or third place in the North. That's no good. They're not going to be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think well, I think a wild card playoff berth counts as a you know you're not as a not getting fired season. You know what I mean? I think right. that's the that's sort of the bar you can clear. And I think you can make. I mean, history's shown if Rodgers plays the whole year, it's hard not to be that, right? But if I so. get the Jets or Browns to ten or six in the next year or two. There might be parades for me, and I never have to buy a drink again in that town. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I mean, well, now uh, Todd Bowles went ten and six, you know, he did uh, in his first year. So I don't know about that with the Jets, but I think the you know the Browns have been so down, and people are almost rooting for them who aren't even fans of the Browns. You sort of like want, you know, you know what I mean? There's just sort of have this. There's this charm to <laughs> to to them after what they've been through. So I think that. It's really appealing with a, you know, kind of a young, cocky Baker Mayfield uh, who's on the upswing. You know, it just feels like you catch that wave a little bit. I mean, because I put the Jets also ahead of Green Bay, I think it's pretty obvious that I'm also a Darnold fan. I think Darnold and Mayfield are very much the real deal. I hesitate to say that with these guys because we haven't seen a lot. But still, I would be very excited about building around them. I like the resources that both those teams have in terms of draft capital and salary cap space to make this team in my liking more so than Green Bay. And here's a question that I brought up because we were talking about the Browns on Steeler Nation Radio this week. And I said, if you had to put a chip down of who was going to win the AFC North in 2020, I would pick the Browns. Oh, I would too. I would too. Uh, I, I mean, care look, the coaches. I, I don't want to overreact to the stuff going on in Pittsburgh, but it doesn't feel right. You know, no, <laughs> right. Just, you know what I mean? I mean, how long's Ben going to be there and all that? Um, you know, it feels like 
ticking, either a ticking clock or a ticking time bomb there. I'm not sure. Uh, Cincy, Cincy, you know, I, I mean, there's potential to do decent there, but I'm not banking on it. I'm not feeling great, you know, about it. And Baltimore, you know, I think is the team that we perpetually underrate. You know, I, I think Baltimore is the classic team that we weren't expecting to do much this year. And guess what? They're probably going to beat the Chargers in the playoffs. <laughs> no, you're obviously right. And, so, you know, they have a good thing going, but I sort of feel like they're at this level. They're sort of the same consistent pain in the butt to play team that's going to win nine or ten games, you know. But I don't know if they're going to go more. Right. But my problem with Baltimore in that conversation is if Lamar doesn't de- develop into a quality pocket passer, I think that they're built on a house of cards. A little bit, yeah. That, that's bit. a fair point. I mean, I think you can you know mold your offense around guys. If you're playing good defense, if you got a really good defense – you can, I think you can play more of that style and have success. Um, and then just hope, you know, he, he's, he's probably going to improve as a passer. You know, I don't think he's going to get worse. Right, agreed, agreed. I also think, and I don't feel as strongly about it, who do you think will win the AFC East in 2020? I think I'd pick the Jets. Um, so what if Tom Brady is the same as he is now? See, that's why I gave it two years instead of one. I know, but we gave it. I would have said the same <laughs> thing two, two years, years ago. ago. I know. Two years ago, I'd be like, hey, in two years, Tom Brady's going to be in his age 42 season. It's like, well, I'm not seeing a big decline. You know, so is two years so enough? I, I, I feel like I've thought about writing that 18 times. I mean, you, you know, every year it's, and the changing of the AFC East, you know, and it's like, well, the only thing that's changing is all the other teams. <laughs> I hear you, but it feels like the end's nearer now than ever. Well, it is. It is here. Yeah, we have tomorrow. We're all of us, right? Yes, (laughs) you're right about that. We've all never been older. I just don't think there's much around (laughs) Belichick and Brady. I'm assuming Gronk won't be there. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I agree. I I think Uh, the the division's there for the taking long term. Yeah, yeah. I think you can sell optimism as a to a candidate there that hey, look, um, you know, come on in and let's remake this roster around this guy. You know. But I think there's some excitement in that. Okay, I agree. Um, to me, and they that, were third on my list. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. To to me, those jobs stand alone. I mean, do you think you draw a line under those three like I do? I do. Yeah, which is sad for Denver because you know I think a couple of years ago we would have put them higher, but I don't feel as great about anything there. Anything really? I mean, the ownership thing has obviously gone downhill. Uh, Pat Bowen's unfortunate health issues, and now could be looming court battles to figure out who's going to run the team. You know, you have the specter of John Elway there who, you know, we would have said was a good specter a few years ago, but it feels like he hasn't been able to figure out the quarterback thing. The drafting hasn't been sustained. Uh, I know they had a, they have a couple good edge rushers there. There's potential there. I'm not willing to just put him in the very bottom category, but the glass feels a little closer to half empty than, it, than half full there. Would you agree? I think they're last on my list. Wow, last. Yeah. I mean, last. Let's talk about this. The combination of ownership, mm-hmm. uh, GM slash Elway, whatever he is, he I think he thinks he's all the above. Quarterback is the worst to me. Yeah, and then you mix in Mahomes and the Chargers. Ugh. I mean, there's some guys on Denver's team, but. I don't love the roster. I mean, there's. I like it better than well, Miami. So, who's your roster. fourth team? Yeah, who's? I mean, why would it be above, below Miami or whatever? Who's your fourth? Who would be your fourth team? I think the Bucks. Yeah. 
Yeah. And just so people know, I mean, they don't have it in front of them. So you and I yeah. both agree. I mean, on my top three after polling guys in the league was Green Bay and Cleveland sort of tied to one. I mm-hmm. copped out. I didn't want to make it about one being better than the other. I think they were they were split. Um, and then the Jets were um, next. And so on mine, it went four to Denver, five Miami, six Tampa, seven Arizona, and eight Cincinnati. So you and I are pretty much agreeing on who the top three are. We agree. You're going to put – who did you? Who are you going to put again in number four? All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will talk about that. Absolutely yeah. here. Hold on. Give me one minute. All right. We'll be back. Okay. So to me, I look at this like there's three good jobs, like we just talked about in the first segment. Then I think there's five bad jobs, and I kind of feel like you can mix them all up. So okay. I don't envy you for who to yeah. put four because I think there's a massive gap. I kind of told you what I don't like about Denver. I guess my next best one, the best of the bad, would either be Tampa or Cincy. And I know Cincy's last on your list. And I think the good might be the bad in that I feel like Marvin had a lot of power. You know, that all you do is answer to one guy. And yeah, that's an owner that doesn't have the best reputation And I just talked about how the Browns will probably be the best team in that division. But they got players. And I kind of feel like I can make this team maybe in my own liking more so than Denver or some of these other ones. Yeah, so that last part would be the part that I would challenge in that I think that that Cincy culture and way of doing things is so established that as a new guy coming in, you're not going to bring your own culture. You know what I mean? It's just a, they have a certain way of doing things and it's why Carson Palmer didn't want to be there anymore and, right. you know, held out until he could be traded because he was sick of it after a while. Marvin Lewis, as a head coach, you're not that sick of it because they just keep paying you good money for a long time, whether you win playoff games or not. <laughs> right. So, right. you know, from a, from a, a candidate going in, if that's what you want, if you want to go in somewhere where, um, you know, it's not really invigorating and you may have a chance to, to last a long time. Um, maybe that's the place for you. But I'm looking at it from like, hey, where can I go in there and do well? Where, where can we raise the bar? You know, wh- who's going to, you know, like like Matt Nagy goes into Chicago and all of a sudden they're making moves and a- acting like a living, breathing organization. You know what I mean? For good, better or worse, we didn't know if it was going to work. But I mean, hey, let's get Khalil Mack, you know. Woo! Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We're excited. You know, a couple claps in there. I don't know that since he's going to do that. So, um, you know. I hear you, but I don't think there's any claps in Arizona or Tampa or <laughs> Miami is my problem. Like, yeah. like Miami's roster to me is a nightmare. Like, they don't have any good players. And they're paying Kiko Alonso $10 million a year. And they got 10 guys like that. Yeah. And you don't what? really have a quarterback. I mean, not that since he does. Miami would be last if Stephen Ross hadn't stood up there and said, "Hey, um, we understand we got to take a long-term approach." So, you know, I think them there's a little additional clarity in the front office. You know, I think as a coaching candidate, if you were to go in there, you'd be like, "Oh, what does Tannenbaum do again?" And he's talking to the owner. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Nothing against Tannenbaum, but just the guys in that in those jobs. You know, you're thinking this guy is a high-ranking person who has the owner's ear and. Is he my friend too? You know, so that would, I think now the way they've set it up there where you, okay, it's Chris Greer. We're talking to him. We're going to take our time. It sounds like we understand you. There's no quick fix. 
that's sort of what they need. I feel like they've been a series of quick fixes, you know, there, yeah. and that's why they're in this bad position. So, and I don't think Tampa's much different, though. I agree. Tampa's not much different, except that they have some talent. Right. I feel like that's why I got, thought about them at four. Yeah. So you got yeah, yep. They got and, guys. And, and arguably, you could put Tampa. I had Tampa six, but you could put. I could make a good case for Tampa above Miami, um, but yes. I feel like walking into there probably a worse ownership situation than Miami and immediate expectations. We got the clock ticking on Jameis Winston. Like they think they're good. Miami's admitting they're not good. Okay. So that is a feather in their cap. Yeah. Tampa thinks they're good and hasn't done anything. And they haven't done anything ever. They haven't done anything. And Jameis Winston hasn't done anything. And you only have them for one year and then you got to make a really tough decision. Yeah, I mean, GM's that's why on the hot seat, right? You know, GM's on the hot seat a little bit. So, are they? Gonna, they're going to come in there and try to like, how do we get to eleven and five this year? Like you, know, you don't. Well, you know, I mean, you could almost tantalize yourself into thinking you can't. Hey, let's get a running back. Let's uh, get a corner. Let's, uh, you know, we'll get Quan Alexander healthy. We like what JPP brought. Uh, let's continue the trend towards high, high caliber guys, caliber people, good leaders like JPP. I think their locker room got better this year. Uh, but you could easily go in there and go 6-10 and 10 again, 7-9. and nine. They always do. And, oh, by the way, this, this ownership fired Dungy, fired Gruden. <laughs> you know, like, pretty good they coaches. Five coaches, yeah. Yeah, have so, gotten the axe. That's why yeah. I really don't think any of these five jobs are good. I mean, Arizona, to me, I'm a big Rosen believer, but they're clearly the worst team in the league. You know, like, boy, I got work to do. And maybe if I have time, I can do it. I have the first pick in the draft. Maybe add some offensive linemen in free agency. But, boy, I got a big, big hole to climb out. What surprises me there is that uh, this is why so much, it's so important to be an accurate self-scouter, to look in the mirror honestly, man. I mean, that's true for any of us, right? Be honest about our faults. Embrace criticism, right? I mean, it's your best friend. Someone's giving you pointers. The the Cardinals seem like the only ones in the league who thought they were going to be good this year. You know, it's like <laughs> right, Steve, Wilkes, yeah, right. Steve Wilkes comes in and wins three games. That's on the low side. But to me, they were a three to six win team. Yeah, Belichick so, wins six. Yeah, I just, what did you want? Did you think that Steve Wilkes was going to come in and be a finished product and be great in his first year? Uh, to me, they felt like they needed a long time to get the talent right. And this year sort of confirmed it. This year said... Hey, if you thought there was a chance, there wasn't. So, all right, let's go into Steve Wilkes' second year here. Let's make sure we got the OC thing set up. Let's see if we can trade the top pick. We need to do what the Colts did. Let's get two, three linemen to help us up front. Uh, let's just do this the right way. You know, this is going to take a while. Instead, they're like, ah, we went three wins for Wilkes. You're out of here. Let's bring in whoever, and we got to get this thing going. We got to get this thing jump started next year. Well, it's not getting jump started. And they may have had the toughest schedule in the league. And you look at them in their division, I mean, they're a distant fourth. And assuming you know, Garoppolo comes back, I mean, they're way behind the other three. I mean, I don't like any yes. of these jobs. I mean, like when you ask me who's my fourth, I mean, I guess that's a little rough to say Denver's last. But there's not much I like there. But the other ones, Tampa, Miami, that you have behind Denver, Cincy, Arizona, all those need culture changes. I don't know that Denver does, probably does, but those other ones are perennial losers. Well, and that's why you could make the case of putting Cincy 
forth. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just because right. you know what it is, you don't love what it is, but you sort of have a better idea of what it is. And right, right, right. I, I think that was one of the comments from one of the guys I, I think I used. That this one could go up to, you know, third or fourth on the list <laughs> if the ownership's as patient with the next coach as they were with Marvin Lewis. And th- there is a little bit of change in the ownership shift, too, in terms of who's running it with, uh, you know, Mike Brown's daughter now. Um, yeah. In a more prominent role. But I agree with you. There's a cutoff after three, there's a shelf, and then we sort of fall off. Right. Like, I feel like when you do this article two years from now, a couple of these teams will be on it. <laughs> yeah, <maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not next year, but geez, Arizona showed us that can happen too. That could happen too. Last note, and then I really want to talk about the playoff teams, is how big a deal do you think it is? I kind of talked about, you know, young man from Miami doesn't want to, you know, Houston doesn't want to play in Green Bay. But... I think Tampa and Miami have a nice advantage in that there's no state income taxes in Florida. Yeah, I mean, for players? Yeah, yeah, to to attract players, free agents, right. Yeah, no, I I buy that. I buy that. That's a little bit of an edge, you know. I think that could help you. Yeah. All right, Um, we're going to take another break, and then we will be back with another article Mike does every year that's very good. I urge you to check both of them out at ESPN.com. All right, all right. Now. I'm not going to go through this whole thing because you rank every playoff team from 1 to 12, and I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I think the criteria is offense, you have a number, defense, you have a number, special teams, you have a number, and then you come up with a total. Where do those numbers come from? Okay, so basically we rank the teams 1 through 12 that are in the playoffs not based off of that. Basically, I polled five people in the league to give me their 1 through 12. Then what I did was I put our statistical rankings in each one of those categories in there as a guide, just so okay. that you can, just so we can kind of see it. And the way those rankings are formulated are using expected points metrics. It's basically advanced math to, uh, you know, instead of doing like yards, right, which could be a little more misleading, expected points just measures the change in on a play level. So if we gain... 90 yards from our own, you know, our own five to the other end of the field, you're probably, that's probably a change in, you know, five expected points, right? So we just, we're measuring those changes on every play, whether it's offense, defense, special teams. And at the end of the year, we're saying Kansas City was number one on offense, which they probably would have been by a lot of measures. But mm-hmm. in some cases, what I like about doing it that way is in some cases, you'll get a team that you know, was 15th in yards. That's number two in, uh, <laughs> you know, and actually how they played in the, in, in by this measure. So, and we also get a special teams metric too, which to me, I, I only care about if somebody's really high or really low. I think the ones in the middle, you know, like most people wouldn't know that the saints came out number one in special teams, right? Yeah. They may not, they may not have the best special teams, but their special teams plays came out the most advantageous to them and okay. the most, and the worst for their opponents based on, those changes in expected points. It's funny because I always talk about special teams on here and I just tell everyone that listens, hey, I cheat. I don't watch special teams tape. I don't have any opinion. I go to Football Outsiders and they rank them yeah. 1 to 32 and I just totally cheat and I only care about the top five and the bottom five, basically. Yeah, that's kind of what we're doing here. Yeah, okay. It's similar. So, so I, I went through your ranks and I looked at the offense, defense, special teams and I found it really interesting these are all ranked from 1 to 32, correct? It's not 1 to 12. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, like the Saints defense came in at 28. I think they're better than that. Me too. That shocked me. But where I was going with this was the, the potential for any of these teams can go from 1 to 32. 
But the only grades out of all 12 teams that were worse than 15th were the Kansas City and New Orleans D. You know, like every special teams is 15th or better. Every no, the Charger, Charger special teams is 20th. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 I stand corrected. Offense and defense. I did not Offense and defense. There's a bunch of lower special teams like yeah, the Bears right. or 30th and all that. Yeah. But yeah. Offense, defense, though, you're right. It's They're all 15th or better. You're going to be pretty darn high in that. Except um, for your top two teams. Well, you know, <laughs> and so then the, the total the total number is combining all of those together, okay? Uh, and so what was interesting there was there were 15 teams that entered Week 17 alive in the playoffs. Those were the top 15 teams in our efficiency rankings in the total efficiency, which is that total number. Okay. One through fifteen of ESPN's total efficiency were the fifteen teams that were alive at the end. I thought wow. that was pretty cool. So, like the Vikings, the Steelers, and Titans were in. Yeah, they were. They were all up there. Yeah. Wow, it's a pretty good metric. Um, I'm not going to go through these. I want everyone to check them out. I will tell you the Saints are first. The Eagles are last. Even though the Eagles, I think, are playing much better than of late than they are recently. But here's what I want to do with you, there, Mr. Sando. Is let's buzz through these. And you give me your grade for coaching and quarterback for yep. all twelve. Just give okay. me A, B, yeah. B, C, E, F, or give, give me A through F. F okay. is a failing grade, and rank them against the rest of the league, not against the rest of playoff teams. Because okay. I find it interesting because to me, there's only two quarterbacks in the NFC I trust, and I also think the games this weekend, the better quarterback is an underdog in all four. Yeah, that's rare, yeah. you know. Yeah, yep. Some of that's on the road or against you're mm-hmm. against a really good defense or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So Saints coaching. Uh, I would, I would give them an A. Me too. Quarterbacks an A, right? An A, yeah. I think that's why they're number one. Chiefs. I give them an A for both. Now I don't know. Me I too. mean, Andy Reid coaching. I'm first talking head coaches. I, you know, sometimes I wonder on the defensive side, but um, if we're just saying coaching, I, I would focus on Andy Reid and I give him a A. Yeah, I might go A minus just because his playoff record's not wonderful and but yeah, yeah it's still very strong. Chargers. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they're B plus, B plus or B plus A minus. I, I feel like they're mm-hmm. coaching, you know, Anthony Lynn has done a good job and then they have some really, you know, sort of war horse assistant coaches, you know, guys who've been yeah. head coaches coordinating on both sides. That that makes me feel okay. Yeah, I can't argue with that at all. I think the Patriots are probably self explanatory. Yeah, I think they're. <laughs> yeah, I always love it when like reporters on Twitter are questioning Belichick's game management. I'm like, really? Okay. Really? Yeah, anyway, yeah. continue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so they have a buy. They have an they a, a quarterback and an A head coach, and they're fourth on your list. Maybe they're not quite dead yet. Um, Bears. That one, I think, it starts to get interesting. Yeah. You know, I think we can't just say it's an A coaching um, for forever, but he's done an A coaching job this year. It looks like he's going to be an A coach, you know, to me. Mm-hmm. Um, no playoff yeah. experience might make him a no B. Playoff. So, right. I mean, yeah, it's a B with no, it doesn't mean we aren't optimistic. But, yeah, you'd say a B coach and, you know, probably a C quarterback. Would you rather have a Trubisky or Cutler right now for this game? Or Cutler? When Cutler was in his prime. Oh, when Cutler is in his prime, Cutler. Right this minute, Trubisky. But um, I, I thought Cutler wasn't the guy I want to be my quarterback, but I thought he was underrated because people don't like him. Yep, yep, yep. So, 
Um, Trubisky's like a right. C minus to me. C minus, yeah. He he worries me, but they manage him well, and he and he can run around. So mm-hmm. you know, when you play that kind of defense, maybe just a couple sustained drives there. He runs for eighteen yards on second and twelve and gets you a field goal. You know, whatever. Or he throws three picks. He could. Rams. Yeah. Um. They're kind of in. Light, I think they're uh, Nagy, basically maybe better. A. Yeah, they're clo- they could be closer to an A on coaching and probably a B minus quarterback. I was going to give him a C plus. I mean, I, I I I'm worried about Goff a little bit. I just think that he's a little bit questionable. I need to see a really strong performance against a really good team for me to call him a B. What worries me is that you know they're real close to playing Chicago again. Yeah, right. Exactly. And you know what I mean? Even in their building, I don't care. You know, like that works. And, and even if it weren't Chicago, what if it were Seattle for a third time? I don't know if they love that one either, you know? I mean, I, mm-hmm. but I think it's probably going to be Chicago. That's tough. A lot of Bears fans down there, you know, it'll be. Some, right. So not I think there's a movie. lot riding on that for them. Um, not that there's going to be major changes, but they have a roster in some flux, you know? So uh, this playoff for them will tell us kind of what they are, right? If I think they go so. two, two years with a top five offense and don't win a playoff game, that's disappointing. It is, right. I think it is kind of a make-or-break year. And you mentioned Seattle. I think they're pretty safely an A and an A, don't you think? I do, yeah. yeah. I think they're coaching really good. So, yeah, Ravens, awesome. Ravens get a very high coaching grade for me and a very, I don't know what the, how, to, yeah. how to judge a quarterback, but would be better than Trubisky, but still a C. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, I, and I do A coaching. I think that a lot of this, though, is how it fits together. You know, so Which the coaching took, grade's heavier in this one because it overrides the quarterback grade. Yeah, and if you like, if you put the if you put this quarterback on the wrong team without a good defense and they weren't doing things to his strengths, like if you you know, then it would be it would be you know if you paired him in. If you replaced Philip Rivers with Lamar Jackson, I think the quarterback drags him down. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. I think, like, hey, they know what they're doing. They've got a formula that's been in Baltimore for 15 years. You know, it's, it was never, except for the nice playoff run to win the Super Bowl, wasn't like they were putting on Joe Flacco's back, you know? Right. I mean, that's kind of why I lumped these together, because I think if McVay or Harbaugh is so strong of an A... They can make a C look like a B, where if you were looking at the Packers last year, maybe Rodgers makes McCarthy look make a C look like a B. You know what I mean? That these two can help yeah. each other tremendously. The Colts, yeah. I think, would really grade well in this department. Yeah, that's interesting when you do it this way, because I, I think that you're going to say similar, as we're saying to those other coaches, as good yeah. as just about anyone. I mean, to me, the, the combination of coach and quarterback is borderline A's for both. Yep. Yep. I agree. I give the A for the quarterback, and I think it's a at least a B-plus on coaching. Mm-hmm. With the arrow probably going up, like some of these yep. dudes, like Nagy. How yep. about Houston? Um, I think they're pretty darn good, too. You know, I, I think their coaching is good. I, I think that O'Brien has gotten that team to the playoffs, albeit, you know, with a strong defense, but with different bad quarterbacks. And uh, I think Cornell is an excellent defensive coach. And now I think they have a really good quarterback in Deshaun Watson. So they may be up there too. I mean, are they, uh, are they a B plus coaching and a B plus quarterback? 
<laughs> okay, we are back. My uh, power went out for a minute there, right in the middle of our conversation, so that was lovely. I was saying, we were talking about the Texans, that an exercise I used to do with ESPN was I would rank every team from 1 to 12 in the playoffs, special teams, linebackers, offensive line, all the way down. And I'm not killing O'Brien, but of these 12, I bet he'd be 8th or ninth for me. So maybe he still gets a B, but not as strong as some of his counterparts. Yeah, I'm just not really worried about him screwing stuff up, though, you know? Right. I mean, okay, I'm cool with that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think he's I think he's done a pretty good job there. Um, you know, all things considered. So we don't have to say he's an A, but I think he's a legit playoff coach. So okay. and I can't think of like things he screwed up. You know, what are we talking? You know, we're t- Andy Reid game management stuff here. There, are we worried on that on O'Brien? Not as much. Not as much, but I don't think he's. I wouldn't consider it a strength either. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dallas probably ranks the worst in this department. Uh, yes and no. You know, I feel like uh, Marinelli's a really great defensive That's coach. Cool. Yeah. Chris Richard has brought something there. You know, I think they're the way that defense has performed. Um, so I feel good about him defensively. Um, and then, you know, I think the other thing is a coach. It's a culture issue. It's it's sort of a the way Jerry Jones runs things, um, the, how that affects the head coach, all those things together. I, I feel... I feel like that is why it's not as high as some of the others. Yeah, and Dak worries me. I think he's very uneven. Yeah, yeah, it worries if he has to do too much. So I think, you know, the question for them is, you know, because Seattle's going to try to play a conservative game and win it uh, 20 to 12. And if you look at the last three times these teams played, it's been 21-12, 21-13, 23-14. I mean, that's the type of game it could be. So if it's that type of game, um, I think both teams have a chance. Yeah, and the last team on your list is the Super Bowl champs, <laughs> and I give coaching a strong B, and if you also factor in that they're coming off the Super Bowl, and we saw this team and this quarterback and this coach perform on the biggest stages, I think that gives them a boost. Yeah, you know, I think they're a reminder that it's one year at a time, and that what you had the year before doesn't necessarily carry over, and you know, when I, when I talk to people in the league about them, they wonder, you know, is they, they just lose that chemistry, whatever they had, you know, is it not as good of a locker room, those types of things. So they're a little bit more intangible. So I think we can see on the field, the secondary and the running game are not what they used to be. But just from a coaching standpoint, you know, a, a year ago, we're, you know, anointing Doug Peterson and can't wait to read his book, you know, yeah, exactly. all, all he's learned in one year as a head coach. I'm saying that jokingly, but I mean, you know, he, he, he was a star, so I don't think he's suddenly not a star. He's probably just a good coach. And I don't know about Foles. I mean, he's playing well. His team's behind him. He has a Super Bowl ring. I think next year he'll be a starter somewhere, but he's still pretty low on my 12 in this, in, that are in the postseason. Yeah. So let's just say, you know, is it a B somewhere in the B for coaching, you know, B plus ish and then quarterbacking is probably a C, right? Yeah, I think so with that we've seen flashes of A's in the best of, yeah. you know, right. I don't yeah. know if we're going to see those flashes at Chicago. <laughs> I don't think so either, but I bet the other co- coach or other quarterback doesn't either. So yeah, might be yeah. enough. I don't know. Uh, Mike, this was fun. I apologize for cutting you off with the, uh, the power outage there for a minute, but let's do it next Thursday and many Thursdays to come. Hey, it sounds good, Matt. Appreciate it. Love it. All right, bud. Take care. We'll see you. And everyone check in tomorrow. I will be picking games, these four games. It'll be kind of a quick show, but we'll get into it pretty in-depth on both sides of the ball. 
Over and out.